Hello, and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. The sermon was preached on November 15th, 2020, for Saints Triumphant Sunday, the third season in End Times, when we looked at Psalm 84. And Psalm 84 reads like this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. This is the word of our Lord, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. What is the last thing that you yearned for? I mean, really yearned for. I can think of plenty of things that, that I've wanted, things that I've looked forward to, but I don't think that wanting to buy a new car or computer constitutes yearning. At least not the way that the sons of Korah talk about yearning in Psalm 84. They say, my soul yearns even faints. My heart and my flesh cry out. When was the last time you were on the verge of fainting because you wanted something so badly? When have your heart and soul and body all been on the same page, wanting the same thing so much that you just wanted to scream? Yeah, I think I got close to that when I was a kid at Christmas time. It wasn't the presents so much as it was driving to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Staying up on Christmas Eve, eating pickles and imitation crab with the whole family together. But that hits differently this year, doesn't it? The second wave is three times the size of the first. There's talk that if we don't get things under control soon, then Christmas could be canceled if that were possible. We're already preparing for it to be very different. Church won't be full on Christmas Eve. How are we going to blow out our candles after singing Silent Night if we all have masks on? My wife and I won't be able to be with our families. Some of you won't either. Does that get you yearning? Or maybe you lost your dad or your husband or your grandpa this year. Did that make your soul want to faint? Have you been stuck in quarantine for two weeks at a time, maybe even more than once? Has someone you loved been isolated so that you couldn't see or be with them when they needed you the most? 
How did that make you feel? You know, 2020 has been a year, but in my admittedly limited experience, something happens every year that makes you yearn, that makes you long for something more, something better. But you know, the sons of Korah, they didn't just long for something, they named it. They said, my soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. What the sons of Korah wanted more than anything, what they ached for in their bones, was to be with God in his house. That's what we call church sometimes, don't we? God's house. Do you yearn to be here? I mean, none of you were here for Easter. I wasn't even here. We pre-recorded that service. There was a stretch of 19 services over four months where no one was here. We're still not all together. Do you miss being here? I mean, yeah, we, we rejoice that we can worship anywhere at any time. You can worship in your pajamas, in your basement. But the house of the Lord Church is special because as soon as you walk in these doors, you have a 3,000-pound reminder of your baptism. This is the place we've dedicated for sharing the gospel and word and sacrament. This building can be a sanctuary from all the hurtful, evil, exhausting things we deal with on a daily basis. When I was young, I, I yearned for the fun things, Christmases, holidays, time with friends. Now I find myself yearning for relief from the unfun things, the, the daily grind, challenging people or circumstances, policies and protocols, guilt and shame. And so my soul yearns, even faints, for relief, for rest, for a moment where I can breathe and, and be reassured that everything's going to be okay. You know, that's why church exists to be your sanctuary, to be your refuge, where you hear the word of God that soothes your aching soul, that calms your troubled fears, that gives you a moment to catch your breath and rest at ease. The sons of Korah include a somewhat puzzling passage here. They say, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each one appears before God in Zion. And of all the verses in this psalm, this one is maybe the easiest to skip over because we don't make pilgrimages anymore. Who of you even knows where the Valley of Baca is? Well, it's a trick question. Nobody does. It doesn't exist. You're not going to find it on a map because it's a metaphor. Baca in Hebrew sounds like sorrow or weeping. So the message is that as you go through sorrow and suffering, as you yearn for relief and release, God still showers you with his blessings until they pool up around you. 
In fact, the Hebrew word for pool sounds an awful lot like blessings. So this weird, easily skipped over section is actually a metaphor about how God is with you while you're yearning. It's about how God is blessing you while you suffer. It gives you the reassurance that you will appear before God in Zion, which is just another way to say that you will dwell in the house of the Lord. Only this time we're not talking about a church building, but the heavenly home of God. And ultimately, isn't that the real value of this earthly sanctuary and and the purpose for Saints Triumphant Sunday to remind you that you have a home in heaven and that nothing on earth can take that hope away from you because you have a shield that protects you. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Our shield, the thing that protects us from all harm and danger in this world and throughout our lives, the one that ensures that we will go to heaven, our shield is God's anointed one. Literally, in Hebrew, that's Messiah. In Greek, it's Christ. Our shield is Jesus. And Jesus knows how you feel. Jesus knew what it is to yearn for the courts of the Lord. He left those courts when he was born on Christmas. He showed a love for the house of God on earth when he was a boy and made his own pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. Even after his parents left, Jesus stayed behind. And when they came back to find him, he he asked, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? From a young age, Jesus loved to be in his father's house. As an adult, Jesus showed that love for the house of the Lord too. By spending every Sabbath day in the synagogues, hearing and preaching God's word in every town and village. He felt like a nomad and wanderer with no real home to call his own, but he found his rest in God's word. He took shelter in the pages of scripture. Jesus went through his own valley of Baca, his own sorrow and suffering. He grieved at the death of his friends. He wept over the state of the world. He even went to a cross for you. He hung on a piece of wood while his heart and flesh cried out for the living God, all so that you wouldn't have to, all so that your sins could be paid for, all so that you could live in the house of the Lord, knowing that all your sins have been forgiven and that nothing can stand in your way of going to heaven. Heaven is your home because Jesus is your shield and savior. Nothing, none of the things that exhaust you, none of the things that scare you, none of the things that make you yearn for something more or better, nothing can rob you of the hope of heaven because Jesus is your shield and strength. Jesus is your savior from sin. Jesus is the one who opens heaven's door to you. And when you get there, Jesus will be the sun who lights your days too. The psalmists say, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. 
I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. You know, I yearn for the problem, or for relief from the problems of this world. That's one reason I look forward to heaven. But to cast heaven merely as an escape from our problems doesn't nearly do it justice. The sons of Korah say that they would rather spend a single day there than a thousand days anywhere else. Heaven is better than a hotel room in the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise. Heaven is better than a private resort on a Hawaiian island. Heaven is better than a 12-ounce Kobe strip steak, the first run down fresh powder, winning the lottery, or having your whole family gathered around the Christmas tree. The worst day in heaven is better than the best day you could possibly have on earth. And that's because the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Apostle John tells us that in heaven we won't need a sun in the sky because the glory of our God will be our light and Jesus will be its lamp. There won't be any night with unknown fears or unseen dangers because Jesus will be our sun and he will give us light forever and ever. The Lord bestows favor and honor. In heaven, there won't be any sin, which means there won't be any guilt. There won't be any fear of punishment. You will be living in perfection, and you yourself will be made perfect. You can't make bad decisions. There will be no wrong choices. Everything will be exactly the way God wants it to be. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Maybe the best part of heaven is that you won't have to yearn for anything ever again. Because in heaven, you will have every good thing. Here, we have all kinds of stuff we wish we could change. But there, everything will be perfect, including the people. And this promise is for you. Not because you're blameless, but because Jesus was blameless for you. And finally, that's our hope. That's, that's the hope for every believer, for all the saints that have gone before us. Heaven isn't reserved for the best of the best. It's offered freely to those God calls blessed. And thanks to Psalm 84, we know who that is. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. That's John Schultz. That's Daryl Napora. That's Hilda Martell and Andrea Beach. That's every believer from our congregation and around the world who is enjoying the triumph of Jesus even now. They trusted in the Lord Almighty and they're living in his house right now, praising his name and waiting for the day that they'll welcome you to your heavenly home too. You know, take my health, take my freedom, take my Christmases for the next 40 years. My heart is happy in the house of the Lord. Here on earth, as I remember his promises, and forever in heaven, when I'll see them fulfilled. 
Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord Almighty. Blessed are you. Amen.